welcome to the latest episode of the Small Business Britain podcast, where I'm thrilled to be joined by Karenza Jennings. Karenza is currently BT's Group Director of Digital Impact, but is also a professor, a best-selling author, has been named as one of the most influential women in tech for four years running, and has had an amazing career with roles at ITN, Sky, the BBC and The Palace, not to mention living on top of a hill in Japan for a year. This chat is truly inspiring and Corenza shares her story, her key life-changing moments and how digital is here to be embraced for all small business owners and the tools and resources out there to help us do it. Please do enjoy. It's a lovely sunny autumnal day today and I'm very, very happy to be joined by the wonderful Corenza Jennings. Now, my gosh, there's a big list here, Corenza, of what you've done and what you, you know, what haven't you done? You know, you're currently the BT Group Director of Digital Impact. You've worked for the BBC, you've worked for the Palace, you were the spearheading behind um, the Ideas Programme and you've been named... The, one of the most influential women in tech for three years is that right yeah I think it's four years including this year four years oh my gosh yeah. and you're a professor and you're an author do you sleep is my first question oh my gosh <laughs> not enough is probably my top answer I do a lot of catch-up sleep on the weekends um, do you yeah I really do I, I motor in the in the weekdays I do live off um, adrenaline quite a lot. There's a lot I need to get done every single weekday. And I do pack quite a lot into the weekends as well, but I do tend to have lovely long lie-ins on Saturday and Sunday where I can. Wow. So that's your key. So knowing that's going to happen mm-hmm. almost gets you through, does it? Oh, yeah. It powers me through. It's like it's my little moment to myself. You know, I can have – because I'll wake yeah. up, have a cup of tea, then go back to sleep again. It's really, <gasps> really nice. Do you know what? The smugness around that, isn't it, of having the tea and being able to go back to bed is just... So nice. There's nothing like it. So nice. And just having a little bit of my my cat time as well. Little, you know, she will sometimes sneak in and sit on my tummy while I go back to sleep. And that's that's rather... It's so relaxing, isn't it? Just having... Yeah, Yeah. I'm with you. So we're going to touch on this balance and self-care and multitasking. Mm. Um, But I'd like to start a little bit talking about digital at the Mm. moment, because we've been speaking to so many small business owners about how their digital skills have accelerated actually during the last few months you know uh, they've sort of had to <laughs> not yeah, a lot of choice about yeah. it but you know they're they're actually welcoming these amazing new skills and these new opportunities are you finding that a lot with the work you're doing as well yeah I mean it's the last few months has been absolutely devastating for so many people mm. but it's also opened up new opportunities and what's really interesting is that people who are quite scared about technology or feeling quite underconfident about trying new things are slightly more willing to have a go and and the reason for that is because they kind of have to you know lots and lots of small businesses you have to find ways to get your business online or else your customers Mm. might not find you you know that's really really difficult at the moment with the hospitality sector but loads of them are pivoting to find ways of delivering um and things like that so it's 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 developing an agile mindset but it's almost that sense of being forced into having to make those baby steps and those changes and 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 making sure that 
that you can find the resources. I mean, thank goodness that you're there helping people find the resources that are out there to help support. And, you know, I, I run BT Skills for Tomorrow, which is one yeah. of your partners. And we're, Yeah, we're, so important. Yeah, we're so, so proud to be working with you. But just finding those human touches, you know, at the end of the day, the tech is only as good as the people that are using it. And mm. we need to make it really nice and easy to help people um, pick up those skills and do the things they need to do. You know, you can you can save time in your day by using collaboration tools. You can save time in your day by kind of unlocking those little tips and tricks around productivity and and mm. understanding how to use social media to connect with your customers is is so vital and. Uh, but 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 kind of underpinning all of that is almost a sense of resilience and like how do you pick yourself up and keep going it's so so hard you know and I think at the beginning of lockdown we were in almost like a bunker spirit and and there's a lot of mutual support and you know you know we'll get through it we'll get through it and and it just seems to keep going on and on and on and I think we've all come to a realization that this isn't going to go away anytime soon mm. so how do we keep that that care and support for each other that real human sense of you know we're here for you we want to help what can we do what do you need that's really key yeah. to all of this it's massive isn't it and we're, we're actually doing a report on resilience at the moment and speaking to a lot of businesses and it's been so heartwarming actually the the positivity and the the stoicness of these amazing people that are like you know what yes it is a bit rubbish and it is really challenging but we're going to get through it and we're going to do that together and by learning and developing and sharing and supporting each other and what's been so wonderful is that these small businesses have almost collectively wrapped a blanket around each other haven't they and said well you know we're in it together we will support you and and their customers and their clients are, are doing that as well because suddenly they've you know, refound their high street, haven't they? They've refound their local businesses, and it's 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 very wonderful to see. Oh, it's it's amazing the the generosity of spirit between mm. people who run and work in small businesses is extraordinary. And thank goodness, because I mean, small businesses power ninety nine percent of the economy. Absolutely vital, and nearly everybody mm. in the UK who is working is working for a small business. I mean, it's it, it that's the truth. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. You know, mm. it is the lifeblood of our economy. It's the lifeblood of our high streets. It's the lifeblood of our communities. And thank mm. goodness, people are leaning in and helping each other. They're sharing their learnings, particularly you know some of the harder things like you know, things like, you know, getting to grips with some of the um, accounting tools and yeah. stuff that that can seem quite scary or, or putting mm. together a social media marketing plan. I mean, if you've never done it before, that, massive, isn't it? that's huge. And, you know, it's, mm. it's, it takes a little bit of time just to get to grips with the different ways of using Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and, you know, how do you reach your routes to market in different ways and what's the best type of comms to use in the, for yes. those different things. It's, it, there's, there's things that you need to kind of gradually get to learn, but it's that generosity of spirit that I love among small business oh, owners. So hard. And I think, you know, to be a small business owner in the first place, you have to have a, you're a certain build, aren't you? you, you you're quite resilient anyway to have done it in the first place. So it's just phenomenal to see. And, you know, it's, it's some lovely stories out there about people that have included a digital arm to their business. You know, they're taking things online and they've opened their their business up to markets internationally in some cases. It's, you know, yeah. overwhelming. And, and some so, people are using it as an opportunity to grow. I mean, yeah. it, extraordinarily, there are some businesses that are actually finding that they're needed more than ever. 
Yeah. And, <laughs> and also yeah. just that the, 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 the imagination where people who might have been running, say, for example, yoga classes or even mm. doing sort of beauty and so forth, um, they, they're finding ways of, of sharing their what they do online by using video mm. tutorials, sharing their learning over, over YouTube. Um, it's, it's absolutely fantastic to see that. Yeah. It, it so is it so is and I think you know it's a very permanent addition for a lot of these businesses isn't it even if you know like you said I don't think we're ever going to go back to how it was but even if we did I think this would be a permanent avenue to market for a lot of them wouldn't it now yeah I think so and I think a lot of the changes in circumstances and a lot of the changes in behaviors will actually over time um get embedded and and probably won't go away or they will continue to be evolved mm. you know we will have adopted yeah. new ways of working whether that's for example working in a different place to where you would normally have worked and finding new ways of running your business those sorts of things which are really powerful and creative Mm. will actually stay with us and continue to inspire us yeah absolutely oh it's, it's just so heartwarming isn't it um but I'd like to talk about you now, if that's oh, okay. Wow, yes. We can go back, back to the, back to the beginning. Yeah. You know, so you know, your career is so phenomenal. Um, but you started off. Was it modern language you studied? Yeah, or... gosh, you have done your research. Yes, I've done my research. Wow. I've been on LinkedIn and top, everything. Top marks, top <laughs> marks. Yes, I was. I went to a very, very large comprehensive school, um, which had one thousand eight hundred kids. Um, and it was actually, it was on a housing estate. Um, neither of my parents had gone to university. Um, in fact, neither of them had A-levels, in fact. Mm. And I remember getting, you know, when the A-level results came out, you had to go and drive. I made my mum go and get the results. Like, oh, I, I was yeah. too scared. And then she said, yeah. she said, you got two A's and a B. You've made it. You've done it. Oh. And I just, I couldn't believe it. I then burst into tears. I, I, I was mm. quite gothic at the time. So I black eyeliner all over her white blouse. <laughs> and then I... I <laughs> I've got the vision. Oh, I've got the I know, I know. I've got the back, vision. Back home tear, 1980s, <laughs> you've got the picture. I then had four amazing years um, studying at Oxford and and I was so scared about going. I thought, oh God, everyone's going to be just brains on legs. It's going to be terrifying. We, I was going to ask you about that because the enormity... Mm of that must be huge because I mean I remember my mum and dad were divorced and I came from a you know quite a rough northern town and my mum was really worried that I was going to be the only person with divorced parents Mm. there and there was this big stigma and I was thinking gosh imagine going to Oxford you know it's that imposter syndrome overload oh definitely but then it's really interesting because I had a couple of um friends who who were girls who said to me how do you talk to boys as if there were some sort of different species <laughs> and I just thought that was weird because I had That's I hilarious. had just as many male friends as female friends and mm. and it, it, it opened up my eyes to the different types of opportunities and chances and experiences yeah. we all have growing up you know and um and you might think someone's very very privileged but actually they may have missed out in other ways yeah so that so yeah so really what you were educated in and very rich in they didn't have for example so yeah it's quite it's quite interesting that way isn't it that's phenomenal so you left Oxford had the best time and then did you go to the BBC straight away no I actually um I I kind of slightly broke my parents heart because I got I got a place on the uh (laughs) the P&O graduate (laughs) trainee scheme and no disrespect to P&O but um I wasn't that mad about joining piano. It wasn't really quite my dream. Right. I, I had, from a very young age, set my heart in working in the media. Really, really mm. wanted to work in television. And I'd done lots of work. I'd done work experience there. I'd run, won writing competitions mm. and things like that. So 
I just thought I just need to kind of hold on to my dream. And I think it was back to Mr. McKenzie sort of, you know, spark, lighting that spark in me thinking, yeah. you know, if you believe in yourself, you, you can probably go quite far. And so I got the chance to um, to take part in the jet scheme, which is run by the Japanese government. And mm. it gave Western students the opportunity to go and help people in Japan. Um, wow. In, in teaching. So I was employed by the um, Ministry of Education, um, mm-hmm. along with lots and lots of other sort of um, graduates, my sort of age. And, and I, I got the chance to work in the, in the northern mountains of Japan. <gasps> oh, my gosh. And I stayed there for a year. Wow. I didn't speak a word of Jap- Japanese before I went. But I obviously have an affinity for, for languages because yeah. of the, the, you know, having done languages before. And um, I found myself in this, this little farm village where everybody I knew was either a, an apple farmer or a rice farmer. Oh and so I was working at three different schools teaching English. Um, so one was an academic school, one was an ac- agricultural mm-hmm. school, and one was a kind of middling school. And then I, I, was, I really loved doing aerobics at the time. So I set up aerobics classes three times a week in the evenings. And people oh, came from far and wide to see... <laughs> This strange because for many people I was the first white person they'd ever seen. So this white woman in Lycra. <laughs> Definitely. It's like, what is she doing? I think they came out of curiosity more than anything else. <laughs> the Jane Fonda of Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, That's phenomenal. So but that foundation of of I love I love doing stuff that helps people. You know, I really, yeah. really love doing stuff. You had that stuff. need. Yeah, I really love that. And do you look back at that time fondly now? Oh, oh, I absolutely loved it, despite all of yeah. that. I mean, that the hard thing was not being able to stay in touch with people. So, you know, I would live mm. for the little blue envelope coming through the door because it was sort of airmail. Didn't have mobile phones back in those days. We didn't have the internet. So you were really on your own. Yeah, yeah. really stuck in the middle of nowhere, up a mountain in Japan. Um, so d- difficult Gosh. stuff, um, but but wonderful. I mean, how amazing is that? Uh, you know, making. I mean, what? Yeah, <laughs> making friends. But when things are when you're having one of those days now, you can think. You know what? What would the woman on on the uh, top of the mountain do today? Exactly. You know, and apply that logic. Exactly. Absolutely. But what an experience! So you came back. Yes. After. That, that one year, experience. yes. Yeah. And then I, I applied for jobs and I got quite a lot of knockbacks. I didn't really get, um, you know, I didn't really get interviews. But um, I was very fortunate that I got an opportunity to have a conversation with somebody called Martin Hurd at ITN. And I had done work experience at ITN when I was at school. And ITN make the news for ITV. And it became very obvious during that conversation that, he was actually interviewing me because he asked me, did you watch yesterday's lunchtime news? And I said, well, <laughs> yes. Um, and he asked me a few questions about it. And then he asked me if I'd watched yesterday's BBC lunchtime news, which I had. And I thought, oh, no, he's going to think I'm a total layabout, you know, just sort of sitting, <laughs> sitting at home watching telly. <laughs> um, but actually, he was asking me to compare and contrast the, the treatments Gosh. and the packages. And a few days later, he phoned me. And I remember vividly, it was in my hallway. I was living in Surbiton at the time. Yeah. Hallway phone on the wall, picked it up. And he said, don't worry about going for a postgrad. Come and work for us. <gasps> and that... And you dropped the phone. That, <laughs> yeah. that was the moment. So, oh, my yeah, gosh. It was amazing. So, one, thank God you'd watched the news a day before. Thank goodness. And not been watching Neighbours or something. Yeah. And, you know, what an amazing man. I know, I know. And it turned out, of course, he was director of HR, but of course I didn't yeah. know that when I was doing it. Hi. <laughs> hi. <laughs> um, I think it's sometimes the um, the ignorance of not having the internet could actually stand us in better stead, couldn't it? Because, mm. you know, imagine if you'd have had Google at that point, you'd have 
been in a completely yeah, different I think I would have been very nervous I just thought I was having a chat a chat with a nice man is what I thought so <laughs> yeah. it all worked out really nicely and I, I spent four, four I started there in 94 stayed there for mm. four years I was part of the founding launch team of five news which is really exciting amazing. Um, that was amazing and then and then I got a job to work at Sky and I was at Sky for a few years I worked at Live at Five for John Riley, who's now currently the head of Sky News. Yeah. And off the back of that, I got my job um, working as programme editor at Breakfast with Frost, with David Frost, which is just iconic extraordinary yeah I mean it doesn't get better does it Mm. as a you know as a as a journalist that's just you know he's number one isn't he yeah up there anyway it was it was my gosh yeah it was a really difficult decision because I was actually in America with Adam Bolton at the time when I got the job offer Mm. and Adam Bolton is an absolute titan on Sky he's the he was the political Mm. editor and he said to me you know Carenza David is David Frost is one of the world's premier broadcasters if not the premier broadcaster mm. you know there was a time in British television when he was the you know the king yeah. of broadcasting so if you get Absolutely. the chance to work with the king of broadcasting you can't not you can't not <laughs> and you know if BBC yeah. is coming knocking on your door then then go um so I but what I a, a lovely man to it sounds like from what you've we've talked about so far there's these key people mm haven't there that have had these signposts for you the whole way along which is amazing and he sort of almost gave you permission to yeah to go very much yeah. so I mean actually and, and and today my current boss at now at BT he is mm. that kind of person as well he's just a really really lovely person and you do you, you hopefully we're each of us lucky enough at least once or twice to meet someone in our lives who is just a fantastic enabler that helps yeah. you get to where you need to go whether it's by saying the right kind of motivational thing mm-hmm. telling you the right kind of story believing in you you know yeah um yeah it's huge and I think you know for small business owners we hear that all the time it's those that that, that key person or that key conversation it doesn't have to be even in a, a boss employee role does it it can be a, a, mm. a friend or just a fellow someone who you meet on the peripheral sometimes that can just change everything can't Absolutely. they absolutely oh, amazing so I mean obviously the BBC must have been phenomenal did you yeah oh well, uh, you were there a while weren't yeah, you yeah I was there 15 years um mm. I loved the BBC um it was a completely different experience to working at Sky I mean obviously things right. may have changed a lot now but when mm. I was at Sky it was quite a kind of hands-on um just get it done sort of place and if they believed in you, they'd give you a chance and, and you've got the opportunity to do things like just yeah. just do it. There's kind of a really okay. fantastic attitude there. Just get on with it. Just do it. Just do it. Let's see what happens. See, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just go for it. Um, at BBC, and rightly so, because, you you know, at the BBC, you are the custodian of the licence fee payers' money. Each mm. and every pound you need to treasure and treat it as your own. Um, it's it's really important that you have that public service mentality. Mm. And, and doing it, you know, you are a public servant and your job is to make sure that everything you do is, is bringing to the public um, the, the mm. truth, accuracy, holding people to account, forcing transparency. You know, so I took, you know, the, the work at BBC it's a different type of pace um there are more layers of control I mean I was I was shocked when I was doing um, breakfast with frost that there was somebody above me and then somebody above him and then somebody above him and really right and there would be times when someone who was really very senior in the organization would Mm. would be in touch with you about whether 
it was the right decision for the leader of the opposition or the Chancellor of the Exchequer to be the headline act on the programme. I, I was right. amazed. So they'd miss, they'd miss all the layers out and come straight to you. Yeah. yeah well, they, they, well, right. well, sometimes you, you'd be making, I mean, if you're the programme editor, you're making decisions on the fly and, mm. and getting things done. Yeah. And, um, you know, they, but it was those sorts of things when you're the BBC, it's very political, you know, mm. who goes where, who has the headline act and all that kind of thing. And these things get, get yeah. examined in huge amounts of detail. Um, and rightly so. I and mean, there's a huge amount of progress. They can't get it wrong. No, yeah. no, exactly. They've got, to, they've got yeah. to, they've got to tread the right line, you know, and, mm. and, and, and it was an enormous privilege working at the BBC. I, I got the chance to, I, I ran new specials for four years, got the chance mm. to do lots of documentaries, which I loved, um, wow. traveled all over the world. Um, I was, I, I was the BBC's election results editor for a period of time. Got the chance to work at the BBC's Natural History Unit with these oh, incredible gosh. people and incredible cameramen, um, incredible sound recordists. Because really, at the end of the day, television's about storytelling, but it's also about engineering. Yeah. It's that mm. sort of twin thing. Um, so that was that was an amazing experience. And I got the chance to go to David Attenborough's house and look at his fossil, <gasps> fossil collection, which is lovely. I'm sorry, Corenta, but nothing can beat that now. <laughs> that's it. I think that's, you know, that's number one, isn't it? Is he as lovely as he seems? He's got to be, hasn't oh, he? Oh, he was amazing. He was so generous with yeah. his time. And he had the whole crew in. We all had sort of tea and biscuits. Oh. And, and he spent several hours with us. He was very generous, showed his own fossils, told all the stories and... And he oh, featured in two just... two episodes of Fossil Detectives, which was mm. the series I, I I wrote and produced. Amazing! Oh my gosh! I mean, meet your heroes, but he's up there, isn't he? I think for everybody, mm. definitely. So the BBC was an amazing opportunity for you. Um, so at this time, had you always had your novel going on, or was it just a, a little dream at this point, or had you started it? When did that all well, start? Well, I I always love writing. I do a little bit of writing mm. every single day. I do some sort mm. of poetry or some sort of little bit of you know, phrasing every day, because I just have to write. I'm completely, I'm just a writer. I'm a born writer. So I always write. Um, mm. And I knew at some point or other, I would do a book, if not several. Um, and obviously, when you're making television, you're writing all the time, because you're writing the words yeah. that then the presenters say a lot of the time. Um, but I I was, um, I was lucky enough when I was at the BBC, it was a very, very difficult job, actually, um, and very, very um, emotionally difficult job, um, emotionally draining in many, many ways. But I, I worked on the um, the SOAM investigation. So I don't know oh, if you gosh. remember a number of years ago, the two little girls were murdered by their school yeah. caretaker. I do, very much. He's in Wakefield Prison now, isn't he? Mm. So, yes, Ian Huntley. So um, I, I, I was in charge of the news and current affairs coverage. So working through that afterwards, I was... Um, I just started having um, thoughts about how I could use the power of my writing as, as a piece of catharsis, mm. really. And I, meanwhile, got the chance at BBC to um, train as an executive coach, which was an amazing Wonderful. experience. I spent a sort of, I think it was around a year doing doing training, um, learning different aspects of psychology and understanding a bit more about how the human mind works, mm. the types of motivators that we have and the way that yeah. we click. And... And amassing all of that knowledge and experience and my own sense of catharsis and my own ability to write, I thought, I, I want to do something with this. And so yeah. I had the, the concept of transposing a story, so taking the inspiration of, of that case, but not obviously replicating it, but taking mm. it as an inspiration in terms of some of the themes and taking creating a story where I was um, setting it in 1950s North, mm. North 
northeast England, sort of in, in sort of North Shields, Newcastle kind of area, uh, which I knew very well because my nan came from there. And and sort of 1950s England, one little girl, not two, and then and then what happens when evil comes into her life? Um, mm. And that's that's the story. It's sort of I have a little girl called Gosh. Gracie, who yeah. um, is you meet very early on in the story, and, and it's it's how she how she uses poetry and writing and reading to escape the sort of the traumas and the torments of her life when she meets this really really bad man gosh and it's seas of snow isn't it this that's right wonderful book thank that you. i have ordered now oh, i'm very excited thank you. to read it thank you yes it's called seas of snow you are listening to the small business britain podcast with me karen campbell so, you know, from the job you're doing now with BT, you know, obviously you have so many assets and so many things people can use. Um, but as business owners, obviously that's a, the audience we have here. What advice would you give to them to sort of start making the inroads to, to to protect themselves? You know, what could be the things they can start doing, would you say? Well, I would really recommend that you um, start understanding things like phishing and malware and mm. do not ever click on a link that comes from a source that you can't identify and if you've got something coming into your inbox hover your mouse above the person that sent it and just see what their email address really is because they might be saying that they're coming to you from a very reputable company it might look like that but then you can often mm. you can often see that the the link actually isn't that at all unfortunately cyber criminals will continue to find incredibly innovative ways of tripping people up. And what you don't want is a kind of um, a virus to go into your software or to disable your work. There's, mm -hmm. I would strongly recommend you set up two-factor authentication. Um, and I would say this, wouldn't I? But, but please do try BT Skills for Tomorrow. Just yeah, Google BT absolutely. Skills for Tomorrow and look in the work-life section. We are, we're, we're pairing up with lots of other fantastic organisations like Google Digital Garage and LinkedIn to bring you the absolute mm. best courses for free. And BT is also, I mean, we have made special courses just for you, for the small business community, to help walk you through this in a really nice, mm. easy, accessible way. We, we, yeah. you know, we, we use presenters who are incredibly friendly and accessible. They don't bamboozle you with jargon. You can stop and start it whenever you like and go back to the beginning again. Take it at your own time. You know, if you do the kind of mm. work where you're only free at three o'clock in the morning, well, guess what? You can do it at three o'clock in the morning. Exactly. Um, but I would also say just yeah. do, do the webinars as well. You know, we, we are running a, a big series of webinars. So again, on BT Skills for Tomorrow, click on the webinars bit. Mm. And there's lots and lots of things we can do to help you yeah. stay safe, but also, you know, take advantage of the amazing opportunities of the digital world as well. Absolutely. And, I, you know, like you say, it's 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 giving your business the the you know the time it needs and deserves to protect protect it isn't it you know because we are all very busy but we just need to factor that time in the day don't we to make sure that we are as up to date as possible and it is so lovely I mean I've watched a few of them but I'm not techie at all but it is very layman terms yeah. it's very understandable I think you know there was a, a few years ago there might have been a bit of a fear around mm -hmm. it wasn't there because we just thought well I won't understand it but now you know, it, it's, there's so much out there, isn't there, that, yeah. that can like hold your hand through it. Definitely, really. and I'm not, I'm not particularly techie myself. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm mm. leading. I'm, I'm BT's director of digital impact, and I will tell you, I'm not, you know, um, the most technologically astute person. But 
I know the questions to ask and I know what I don't understand mm. and I know the yep. things I know how to communicate I know to, how to help people so you know what I'm here to do really is to help you make the most of life in the digital world tech it's just the enabler it's just the thing that helps you get there to do what you need to do yep. it might save you time it might save you energy it might save you money and, mm, and you completely. know taking advantage of some of these amazing things um really will help you definitely and I think you know looking at the other side if if you got hacked if you got you know the the pain and the emotional stress that that causes you know try and avoid it as much as you can because it's not it's not pleasurable and it's not nice so I could talk all day to you Crenza this is lovely to hear your story we haven't even touched on the the palace and the ideas program that was so phenomenal as well that's still going isn't it it is yes it's it's which it's, is amazing it must yeah. be such a wonderful feeling oh it's I'm I'm really proud of what we accomplished um and really proud of the team um and an idea is now set up as idea foundation so it's now a charity right. it's spun away from the palace and um and it's been doing amazingly well during lockdown um great it's, it's a wonderful program I mean what it's it's bite-sized completely free resources that you can do on any device at your leisure you can stop and start them you can do them again um and you can build up credentials as well so you can go through the bronze award the silver award and actually get you know collect points and then you get a record of achievement as well and i i we launched it in 2017 and by the time i i left uh, last autumn in 2019 we were in more than 100 countries around the world that's not bad is it my gosh no. wonderful you must be so proud oh very much and if you know we're talking to small businesses today um there were times when i only had one member of staff and by the time i left i had three members of staff so great it's just the things you can do in the digital world if you if mm. you just you know embrace it um yeah. so yeah amazing so I've loved hearing your story. It's been amazing. And I think from, you know, from what I've taken from it, it seems to me that you've really just taken every opportunity. You've listened to these amazing people that have just guided you on your way. And, you know, look at what you've achieved. So, you know, are you, what are you working on at the moment? Have you got a, another book happening? Oh, or? yes. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> yes, I've actually got three, in fact, no, four different projects underway. But oh my gosh. Um, I don't, I, to be completely honest with you, with, with the effects of lockdown and the amount of work that we're doing at BT to try to help support yeah. different sectors of society because it's not just small businesses we, we support it's of course it's, yeah it's, it's children it's people with low and no digital skills and it's job seekers as well so it's a huge mm. amount of work but to go back to the the writing um I was really lucky that when Seas of Snow was published I, it became a bestseller really quickly yeah um so I've, I've currently got the the subsea portal um should be coming out next year um, so that's a new one um, and I've also got a collection of poetry that will be coming out um, the following year and I'm also um, in fact I can probably share with you today that I haven't published the information about this yet but I'm going to be publishing um, an anthology called Unseen Voices where wow. I want to give a platform to people of ethnic minorities who have never had the chance to be published to create you know oh. to, to come together and either do a chapter a story a poet, piece of poetry a piece of polemic be fiction can be non-fiction mm. and an anthology of um, I'm calling it unseen voices oh, that's amazing and what an opportunity mm. for people and it's going to be everything so it can be a, like you say a poem or a, yeah. a at the beginning of their novel or just yeah. a taster of their writing amazing I still don't know when you sleep Crenza I'm still confused but, <laughs> you know and it's called unseen voices is this right that's right I'll be launching I'll be launching submissions um next year 
Amazing. Watch this space. And, you know, there's so much talent out there. It's almost overwhelming, isn't it? How, how amazing writers and poets out there at the moment. So absolutely. It'll be good to give them a platform. Yeah. Well, I, I just feel that there, you know, it's, it's one thing sort of talking the talk, but I really want to walk the walk. I want to, there's no good be, being in a position of influence and, you know, having the job I've got and being where I am in life and not using it. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your phenomenal story I hope it's inspired us all out there you know the digital world is our friend isn't it embrace it you know it's the future and it's not going anywhere so let's get friends with it and you know we can use it so much for our business can't we it's brilliant so Corenza huge thank you thank you Corenza it's been lovely to speak to you and you bye-bye What a fantastic chat with Carenza. A huge thank you for taking the time to speak to me today. Please do check out Carenza's best-selling novel, Seas of Snow, and BT's Skills for Tomorrow programme at bt.com. As always, please do let us know if you enjoyed the podcast and do share with your networks. Until next time. The Small Business Britain podcast is hosted by Karen Campbell from karencampbellmarketing.com. The producer, editor and composer is Ben Lloyd-Evans from bleproduction.com. You can always find out more at smallbusinessbritain.uk.